This is episode 154 on the topic of leadership and femininity. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In this show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode on leadership and femininity. You might be surprised by this title. I don't think I talk a lot about sort of feminine leadership traits or women in leaderships and so far. Although I do coach a lot of women on specific topics such as being the only woman or working in a male-dominated environment. Uh, so that as a quick side note, but today I really feel called to talk about this and sometimes I have a spur of inspiration and I feel like, hey, there is something boiling up inside of me that I want to share. And I think this is one of those topics that are usually somewhat short (laughs) and maybe what you think a little bit unstructured. But this topic really, it's been sort of lingering in my head for a while and uh, today seems to be the day to talk about it. So the thing that I want to discuss is or address here is that a lot of the older books are on the topic of leadership. And when I say older books, I don't mean the old classics or philosophical texts or sort of the work around stoicism that you might have heard me talk about. Instead, I mean books from people such as John Maxwell, Andy Grove from Intel, Jack Welch from GE, or even Peter Drucker's theories around management. They were, most of them, not all of them, and especially not the newer ones or maybe even the edited versions, but the original ones, the texts that were written and published and became popular sort of in the 70s and the 80s, they're pretty masculine. So I read these books sometimes and, you know, all the leaders are men. It's always a he and a him. There's hardly ever a reference of a woman leader which I understand, it's not ill-intended. It's by all means, that was the time that these books were written. It was just way more common uh, for the leaders to be uh, men. And so the books were written specifically for men. But that also means that at the time, the environment was very different than it is today. What was needed from leaders was very different than it is today. And back then, of course, it was okay to use the masculine terms across an entire book without ever referencing a woman, that was fine, but it's not just the language. It is also the suggestions, the advice that we can read in these books that's very masculine. And I want to quickly talk about this because when sometimes we refer back to these books and they're, they're classics and they're great, but we can't forget the fact that they were written in a very different business context and at a time when leadership looked very differently than it needs to look today. We still have sort of archaic models around leadership, but when we look at the leadership that we want to create and nurture, that kind of leadership looks very different today. So before I dive further into this, let me quickly clarify what I actually mean with masculine and feminine. So for one, it's actually not gender specific. So a man could have very feminine traits and a woman could have very masculine traits. But when we look at feminine traits, we would think of words such as collaboration, empathy, 
emotional intelligence, intuition, some of the keywords. When we look at masculine traits, we may think of assertiveness, rational, being goal-oriented, or being really analytical. So that is what we think of when we look at masculine versus feminine. And I think it's important for all of us to think about how we um, to think about where on that spectrum, if you look at it on a spectrum from masculine to feminine, where we land by default. Are we by default, maybe 80% of the time, we're really operating in that masculine model or 80% of the time we're operating on the feminine mode or somewhere in between. It's likely not the case that you're 100% on either side of it, but you're likely somewhere in between with a dominant allocation to one or the other. What I'm not suggesting here is that all of us need to shift more towards uh, feminine leadership and we would all need to lean into feminine leadership, especially women need to all lean into feminine leadership. That's not what I'm saying, but I think it is important for us to distinguish the two and to look at what is the situation and the team that we're leading today, what is called for. And before the, the two, the masculine and the feminine, actually work really well together, like yin and yang. Um, they, when we find balance between the two and can adapt based on what is needed in the moment, we become significantly more effective than if we just lean into our default behaviors. And that's what we do the majority of the time. So if you notice yourself like, yeah, I have a fairly high allocation to being masculine. I work with a lot of men who are very masculine in their leadership style by default. For them, it is to pay attention to how do I balance that out with some of the feminine aspects and how do I recognize when a situation calls for more of the feminine traits to create more of a balanced picture, but also, and more importantly, to act in a way that's effective for the situation, not in a way that feels good. Leadership is not about feeling good. Leadership is about being effective in relationship with other people and in doing the work that you do and delivering results. It has very little to do with how you feel. So you have to sometimes do things that feel a little uncomfortable because the situation calls for it. So if empathy and being empathic, for example, is something that you find hard to practice, that is probably the thing that you need to lean into more and embrace the fact that it's going to feel uncomfortable. So one, learn about it, you know, figure out what are some of the behaviors that would demonstrate empathy ahead of time. So when you identify a situation that calls for empathy, you're not sort of like staring at a blank sheet of paper and thinking like, okay, empathy, empathy, what do I do when empathy is called for? I, I think I need to empathize, but I don't know how. No, you do this ahead of time. You realize I have a gap with the empathic part. So when a situation calls for it, I have some sentences, some tools, some behaviors that I can pull from in order to demonstrate more empathy. And the more you do it, the more it naturally will feel and that you develop that competency like any other skill. We recently had uh, my colleague Elise Box Morales as a guest speaker in our leadership advisory program. And she talked to the group of leaders about emotional intelligence. And she kept highlighting the fact that EQ and learning emotional intelligence is a skill like any other too. They're all learnable. They're not, you're not either born with it or not born with it. You can learn all these skills by learning what the skills mean when it's called for and then identifying these behaviors and practicing them ahead of time. 
So that's what it means to look at uh, masculinity as well as femininity in the leadership context and seeing it as a responsibility to identify where are potential gaps that we don't have, where we can't play the range. We are not really fluid on that spectrum where we can move to the right or to the left, depending on the situation. And that is where we need to sort of smooth things out in order to be able to more easily transition from one side to the other. And it is true, like Ken Wilbert said, that in order to integrate masculinity and femininity, we need to first be able to differentiate. So in order to integrate, we need to first be able to differentiate. And this is the part of the self-awareness that we all need to do to figure that out. As a caring and driven manager, I know you want to strengthen your leadership skills, advance your career, and lead a high-performing, engaged team. And in order to do that, as a leader, you need to lead with a system, not by shooting from your hips or reacting to everyone else around you. To do so, you need to first learn what should go into a leadership system and second, develop your own. Now, the good news is that I teach you one must-have part in your leadership system in a concise, actionable, and yet comprehensive course focused on running successful one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. It includes over 67 minutes of tactical leadership training, plus a set of resources to make this as easy and immediately applicable for you as possible. You can either watch the video lessons or listen to it through a private podcast feed on your phone. You can get your hands on this course, which I want every single manager to have, for a nominal $19 at ramonashaw.com slash one one. That's two times the number one. You can check the show notes for the details or head on over to ramonashaw.com slash one one to get started right now. Now, here's the thing that rises my blood pressure. And that is that in most countries, like the Nordics in Europe, there's there's some exceptions to that. But in most countries and most definitely in the United States, there is a huge bias towards masculinity. And that is the assertiveness, right? Being rational, I said this earlier, being goal-oriented, persevering, being determined, being analytical, being focused. There's a lot of attention that we put on that. And we consider those to be really strong leadership skills. And so what I sometimes notice in conversations, especially conversations with women who are in leadership roles, is that they try to lean too far into that masculine side because it seems like their environment will uh, reward them for those skills or those behaviors more so than the feminine. Now, I totally get that. And I think looking back in my career in the corporate world, I most definitely did that too. But what I also see by coaching lots of women leaders is that those who embrace and lean into their femininity and use that in balance, in conjunction with their masculine behaviors, those are the ones who actually leverage their uniqueness and they're often a predisposition to those feminine behaviors because they come so natural and easy to them. And that is a unique value proposition that they bring to the table as women leaders. 
So sometimes we read these tips, you know, for women to level up and women to develop stronger executive presence and women in the boardroom, you have to never apologize, right? Be tough and be professional. And that is all masculine. But we completely shut out the like natural competitive advantage that these women leaders have by honing in and demonstrating these feminine traits and seeing them as valuable and rewarding as the masculine traits. So when I think about specific situations, I can easily recall the idea of getting some feedback or someone is telling us something on our team isn't working. The masculine would be like defensive, right? Assertive, leaning into it or rationalizing it or analyzing it and trying to get all the data points in place. Now, with a feminine approach, we might look at that and demonstrate curiosity. And we'd say like, oh, I see, let me better understand where this is coming from. We might show some humility or vulnerability to say, yes, we are in the process of ramping up. There are a lot of things that are not yet in place. So it's really important for me to hear that feedback so I can look at that in, in greater depth. And um, I apologize for the impact this had on your team. I can see how this delayed your efforts or your projects and own it. Like this kind of behavior does not undermine you. In fact, I believe they make you unique and special as a leader because it's creating a safe space. And I totally understand. I operated in a very male-dominated environment during my time in the private equity world. Sometimes these things just don't land the way that you intend to or they're not the, the common approach. So there isn't one size fits all here. You have to still sort of read the room and figure out what works. But what I'm suggesting and where I see some of the challenges is that when women by default shut down those natural strengths that they have on those feminine traits. So humility is one of them. Vulnerability is another one. Um, Apologize when an apology is due. We don't need to sugarcoat and, and cover up and look all perfect all the time and um, also tuning into emotions of others and showing that empathy versus being all professional and stiff and like emotions don't have any space in the workplace and um, another one is creativity that is also a feminine trait look at other maybe strange places to see how you could be inspired by how other industries are solving similar problems to yours or just transferable ideas or skills that's usually how innovation happens and leaning into that curiosity, asking questions, trying to understand the why behind things uh, versus being so analytical and focused and rational to just move on. It may need someone with these feminine traits to break those patterns and say like, hold on a second, can we take a step back and brainstorm some more creative ideas here or at least see what options are on the table before we continue doing what we've always been doing just because we've done them that way in the past. Another one is the idea of collaboration. So instead of information hoarding or being really guarded with what you share, a feminine trait would be to collaborate and to share information wildly and somewhat freely to the extent that appropriate, obviously not sharing confidential information, but helping other people be successful and do so openly and transparently versus trying to um, manifest your own power position. 
So this was a bit of a rundown and a, and a brain dump on that topic of leadership and femininity. What I hope you gather from this and what I encourage all of us to think about that spectrum from femininity to masculinity and to start to evaluate where do I tend to fall? Where would you put me on that spectrum? You could draw that on a piece of paper and say like, what do you think I, if you had to make a guess, where would you place me? You probably see some trends. And then the next question would be, okay, in, in order for me to create yin and yang and create more balance here and be able to be more fluid and more well-versed to move from the left to the right and vice versa, what are the skills that I need to develop on the other side and lean into even when they feel uncomfortable or when it feels like it's slowing me down or when it feels too vulnerable or when it feels it's different than how everyone else does it. Sometimes when you're the only woman in a room or in a team, you being more feminine is the diversity that you can bring to the table that makes the whole team better. If that's the case, again, it's not gender specific only, but if you are a woman and you also happen to have more of those feminine traits, but everyone else is really masculine, instead of trying to fit in and lead totally into that masculine side, see your skill set and your unique predisposition as a value add and really leverage that and look for opportunities to help others and to shine a light on those and to, to use them for the good of the team and to create that sense of diversity. So that's my download of my thoughts around femininity and leadership. I've had numerous conversations on this topic with women leaders who are trying to figure out where to be on that spectrum. And instead of trying to figure out where to land and to follow the, the crowd and lean into that masculinity, I'm saying, swim against the current and own your femininity. And that applies to all genders, not just to women. I'd love to hear your take on this and any thoughts or comments that you have, anything that you agree with or disagree with, let me know. You can always email me at contact at RamonaShaw.com. I read them all and respond to them all. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that was some food for thought and we'll be back with another episode of the Manager Track next week. See you then. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at RamonaShaw.com book and a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.